ability to listen to this podcast. I'm Julia, German missionary sister of the Verben Day living in San Francisco, California. In the middle of Lent, that especially in this year I think for all of us, has been stark and grey in the tracks of COVID-19. In the midst of that Lenten heaviness, there is always a celebration of the long conversation that Mary has with God about the possibility of birthing God into this world. And I think still 2,000 years after that conversation took place, and nearly 30 years of intense meditating with the passage in my own life, it is still as puzzling to me as it must have been to Mary. And especially in these confusing times where I have been becoming rather silent with less words, needing the faith of others more than ever. What does this invitation mean? Are you willing to birth God into this world, puzzling us? In these circumstances, in more darkness, more fear, and more economic instability that we have experienced in a long time, perhaps have never experienced before, or perhaps have experienced in moments long ago, we don't even want to remember. Wherever we find ourselves on this morning, let me share with you a song that summarizes part of my prayer for this day of Annunciation that always puzzles me with this outrageous task of birthing God into this world. Psalm 369 Go, teach me to
teaching me to believe in the darkness. Come, woman of faith. There is a possibility of birthing God in this world. Faith, yes, that even our small lives are not asked to retreat in the midst of poverty, illness, death, injustice and oppression, which 2,000 years ago was caused by the Roman Empire in one of its occupied areas called Galilee. Rather, Mary was asked to push forward into the air of this world, nothing less than God. As a poet Denise Levitov expresses in her poem, The Annunciation. However, is not seeing our limited life the greatest obstacle to believe this birthing possibility of the divine into the world is possible? Is it not the tragic of us human beings who can fly to the moon, hold the keys of nanophysics and nuclear medicine, that it is us who suffer endlessly human limitations that we can't overcome by pure human will. <clears throat> Humans hoard money, bully and walk over people, try to catch us, catch can, and in all of it, we are protecting the one small life. Fragile and endlessly limited, trying to create dreams of a never-ending manpower that already the philosopher Nietzsche did, but that in the end shatter like glass. I still remember a biology class in high school that changed my thinking profoundly. The teacher tried to show us how imperfect the human being is. She made the case that we are probably the most limited animals on earth. The cat has better eyes, the rabbit has better ears, the lion is stronger, the donkey has a better functioning vertebrae, and the dog a higher quality nose. You could summarize, we have been pretty crappily created. In comparison, with one sole exemption, the knowledge that we are created that way, even pretty crappy that way. We are the only created animal, so to speak, that self-reflectingly knows of its limitation. And it's actually precisely this knowledge that is our biggest asset. We know that only all the imperfections of our senses and our existence together create the perfection. We know that we only can survive in a relationship with each other as a community of imperfection, since together we can create what is best. As a people of faith, we even know deeper only with God, through God, in God, we are perfect. Not you, not your parents have sinned when your life suffers. It's not because God is punishing you. That is the deep message of the beautiful ancient catechesis in chapter 9 of the Gospel of John. How important is that, hearing this over and over again, especially in a time like this? Your life is imperfect and limited, but loved, not judged or punished. As it says in the popular song by John Legend, I love all your perfect imperfections. That is how God sees us, the most perfectly pretty crappy, created being in this world. The long dialogue between Mary and God is astounding. It is for me, at least. It's precisely the process of acceptance, that life, yes, even my own life, can surprise me beyond my imagination, if I see it from God's perspective, not with my eyes, but with God's eyes. 
In the text full of dream imagery of the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, the author that very probably belonged to a community of terrible, suffering people, dreams of the birthing of God, remembers in dream imagery what happened when Mary said yes. The text narrates the greatest change that this yes of Mary caused. The accuser, the dragon of our life that accuses us day and night, finally has been thrown out of the house. What powerful images that kept the faith and prayer of such suffering communities alive. What does the accuser do day and night, accusing us of being too small, too insignificant, too limited, or too important, too big, too beautiful, accusing us in front of our true image in God with a distorted image, trying to convince us that our life has no space to birth God into this world. Mary, I don't think, was lazily waiting for God lounging on a French chaise along. She was in the midst of things, work and relationship, and in the midst of a suffering society. Her self-unburnness was astute, though. Why me? And how? But she didn't let the accuser get the better of her. She resists to stick to her first impression. She lets go and enters the conversation. A couple of months ago, a friend of mine, who is very Baroque in her expressions, a bit exaggerated, you might say, and who comes from the southern part of the United States, calls the community. Thinking it was me, she addressed the sister on the phone with, My sunshine. As you probably can imagine, the sister was a bit disturbed and said politely but firm, Lady, you must have the wrong number, and hung up. Besides that it ruined my fame for good if I had any left, I imagine Mary a bit like that. God, swooping into the midst of her life via some brilliant angel, hello my sunshine, full of grace, and Mary thinking, very kind of you, but no, you chose the wrong door. Perhaps today on the Feast of the Annunciation, it is our turn to want to show the angels a way out of our life, because only a mistake must lead the divine to my door to knock. Too much does the famous accuser have against us. But we just give God perhaps another chance to stay only a bit longer today, to engage us into conversation, to surprise us with the offer. Could you birth me into this world? Yes, this absolutely outrageous invitation is meant actually for you. Could you birth me, my divine presence, my word into this world? I kicked your accuser out and see you as you really are. That's why I'm asking you today. The dialogue between Mary and God in the Annunciation is celebrated today in the church, but also especially as a patron feast day of our community. Because our founder, Jaime Bonnet, believed in a small village from Mallorca, a small island in the Mediterranean, that in the terrible afterwake of the most bloody Spanish civil war, God continued to ask people, not lightly but deeply, not easy but outrageously, Hello, my sunshine, full of grace. Would you incarnate in your life, your body, your soul, my word, my presence, my hope? I want to leave you today with a celebratory song of the Yes of Mary a song that has been written by sisters of my community to express enormous joy. 
to see our lives as God sees them, and to be able to see and to say yes to purses God into the world. Spirit, do not let us go. Such a sad life, I'm not. 